Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast, where every week we post sermons from our lead pastor, Rick Shule, and guest preachers, as well as other content from church members and staff. We hope you hear something that resonates with your soul this week. We are a people of stories. Stories are so important to what it is to be human. It's how we see the world. It's how we make sense of ourselves. When we meet a new person, we don't ask them for their statistics or their measurements. No, we ask them about their history. Who are you is a question of, tell me your story. Where do you come from? What makes you tick? Stories are how we understand and see the world. It's how the Christian church was started in the early days. Soon after the death and resurrection of Jesus, people began to tell the story of who Jesus is. And through stories, they got to know who Jesus was, and by extension, who God is. And so the early church spread like wildfire by telling the story. A couple decades later, some of the Christian scribes started thinking, we should put together all these stories. Let's order them and catalog them and weave them together in an artistic and poetic way to share deeper meaning, to help people know who Jesus truly is. Luke was one of these story writers and I can imagine, I can imagine, I don't know how it happened, but I can imagine that Luke was looking at his stories and said, well, I've got all these stories about Jesus' birth, and I've got all these stories about Jesus as an adult, but we have a gap here. I don't have any stories about Jesus as a kid. So I can imagine that Luke goes to Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was no doubt a part of the early church. I imagine Luke says to Mary, Mary, I am writing these stories I'm putting them together so that the world can know your son. But I'm missing some stories from Jesus' childhood. Do you have anything that could be pertinent to the story and the gospel and the good news? Do you have any stories about Jesus as a kid? And Mary goes, oh yeah, yeah, I got a good one for you. (laughs) She tells the story of when Jesus was 12 years old and the family was going up to Jerusalem for the annual Passover festival, like all Jewish families in the whole region at that time. For two weeks period, a city of 50,000 would turn into a city of 500,000 with all the visitors from all the lands. Mary and Joseph and Jesus, they would travel from their hometown of Nazareth, probably with cousins and friends. It was always safer to travel in a large caravan. And they would make the multiple-day journey to Jerusalem. On this occasion, they were gathering their things up to head back to Jerusalem after the festivities, and they didn't see Jesus. They didn't know where he was. But they didn't worry. I mean, Jesus is 12. He's a big kid. He's probably with the other kids playing around with his cousins or brothers and sisters. As the day goes on, They start scratching their heads a little bit. Well, Jesus didn't come back to us for a meal or a snack. Um, They start asking around. They start asking their relatives and friends, have you seen Jesus? Do you know where my boy is? They start asking the other kids, 
Have you seen Jesus? And nobody knows. A full day goes by, and panic starts to set in. You can imagine, you can imagine, if you can empathize with these parents, what it must feel like to lose their child. And to lose their child in a massive crowd. A moment of panic sets in and says, he's not with us. We left him in Jerusalem. So Mary and Joseph, they leave the caravan, they leave the safety of their family, and they head back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem probably looks like a ghost town to them. All the debris is left over from all the festivities of just a few days ago. And they start searching high and low. Have you seen my boy? Have you seen our son Jesus? They look high and low and they don't find him. Three full days go by, and they make their way to the temple. Now, why would they go to the temple? I mean, they've been looking everywhere for this boy. They didn't think to first look at the temple, but here on day three, when things seem a little hopeless, they make their way to the temple. I think that they make their way to the temple to put this search into God's hands, to pray, to say, I'm sorry. God, can you help? God, protect him. God, be with him. They probably go to the temple out of a moment of desperation. And they arrive at the temple and there they find Jesus sitting with the scholars and the scribes, the law keepers, the, the priests and leaders. He's asking them questions and he's also answering their questions, impressing them with his knowledge. And I imagine what Mary must have felt when she saw Jesus. Certainly joy and elation, certainly excitement, and I found him. I found him. What was lost has been found. And I imagine her eyes beginning to well up with tears. It's going to be okay. He isn't lost. And tears of joy stream down her face. But I don't think those were the only kind of tears in her eyes. There's also tears of exasperation, tears of sorrow, and, and yeah, tears of anger. She goes to him and says, what have you done? Do you know? Do you know the grief that you've placed on me and your father? You knew we were traveling back. Why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us where you were, what you were doing? Why didn't you follow us? And then Jesus, the boy, he kind of pipes up with a little bit of a smart response. Well, you should have known where I was. You know who I am. You know the things that I'm interested in. You know what I know about God. You know that I am deeply interested in religion and the scriptures. Didn't you know? Shouldn't you have known? 
that I had to be here in my father's house? <laughs> we don't know what happens next. Luke doesn't fill in that story for us. But we do know, he, the narrator, Luke, says to us that Jesus went with them and was obedient from then on. <laughs> I think Jesus probably had a good lecture and a straightening out to do there. And then the scripture tells us that Luke continued with his family, or Jesus continued with his family, and he grew. He grew in wisdom, and he grew in favor with God and with people. Jesus still had maturing to do. Jesus still had growth in grace to do. And if Jesus needed to mature and grow in grace, then I think it's safe to say that we also need to mature and grow in grace. We're not there yet either. I love this story for a couple of reasons. I love this story because it's so real, it's so human, it's something that we can understand and get our minds wrapped around. But I also love this story because it so perfectly shows us the complexity of the human condition, the walking contradictions that we all are. In this moment, Mary feels all the emotions. She feels the joy and the relief and the wonder the complete elation to receive back her son that she thought was lost. But also, she feels the anger in the moment. She feels the stress and the wondering, why did you do this to me? Those emotions are right there together. I think it's so interesting and so powerful that as humans, these high emotions often go together. That celebration, fear, and weeping are so close in our psyche, in our brains, in our emotions to mourning, to fear, and to crying, right? And the, the, it's, it's kind of why we, we laugh in moments of difficulty and stress. We cry in moments of joy. I remember trying to explain to my children when we were watching a movie and it was a happy ending and the heroes start crying. When kids say, what are they crying for? I thought they won. Well, yeah, but sometimes when you are in such height of emotions, you cry, you tear up. Sometimes you can feel something so wonderful and good that can almost feel terrible. Crying and laughter are so close in our emotions, and what it is to be human. It's why we tell jokes and we laugh at funerals. It's why we cry at weddings. To be human is to carry around weeping and laughter together at the same time. I think it's important to tell this story at Christmas time as well. Because I think on Christmas, of all times, it feels like cheer and merriment are shoved down our throats. Be happy. Be cheery. Forget about all your problems. Be cheery. Cheer, cheer, cheer. But that's not reality. And that's not our world. And the scriptures don't tell that story at all. Instead, the scriptures honor 
the complexity and the contradictions of the human nature. The Christmas story recognizes and honors the difficulty, the darkness in this world, the oppression that is going on. It doesn't say, ignore all your problems, God is good. Instead, the Christmas story says, in the midst of all the difficulties, in the midst of oppression, wrongdoing, evil, darkness, in the midst of the pain of this world, God comes and is present. We are not alone in the difficulties. The celebration of Christmas is not an ignoring of the pains of this world for superficial joy, but it is an acknowledgement that in the midst of the pain, there are reasons to celebrate. We don't have to let the pain take over. There is good news. There is good news. God is with us. God is with us in the midst of this crazy, complex human condition. God takes on, takes on the contradictions of being human with us and for us. God is in the midst of the pain. And so God says, to those who are weary, to those who are in the midst of pain and loss, I am with you, and you can still have something to celebrate this Christmas. There is still goodness in this world. Light is still breaking into this world. I am here. You have found me. It's going to be okay. And also Christmas tells us for those of us who are celebrating, who do feel the joy unchecked in this moment, Christmas, the Christmas story in the scripture says also, and those of you who celebrate, don't be ignorant of the difficulties and the darkness in this world. There is still pain. There are still difficulties. So yes, celebrate, but understand that that celebration is motivation and energy to enter into the dark places of this world, to spread light, and to make things right. The gospel story, the Christmas story, is this collision of sorrow and joy. And so we live in this world, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, where we live where the weeds and the wheat grow together. But the good news is God is with us in it all. And so we are in this in-between time, this time where God has begun the kingdom work, where Christ has come, the light is shining in the darkness, and yet not all the shadows are gone yet. And so we take up the light with God and with Christ to celebrate that the light is here and also recognize there is more work to do to carry this light into the world. The Christmas story does not ignore the pain and difficulty in this world, but honors the complications, the complexity, and the contradictions of what it is to be human, and says God is here for all of it. God is in this moment. God is with you. And so wherever you are today, whether weariness and sorrow seems to be encroaching, know that you have reasons to celebrate and that God is with you. And 
If things feel all cheery and bright, know that God is saying, there is still darkness in this world. And so take the joy that you have and turn it into energy and work to cast out the shadows in this world. Let me say a word of prayer for us. Loving God, in the story of Mary losing and finding Jesus, we have all the contradictions of being human. And God, you do not shun any of our emotions or our feelings, but you enter into our world. Thank you, God, for entering our world, for coming alongside us, for knowing what it is to be human, for honoring it, cherishing it, and lifting it up. In whatever circumstances we find ourselves, speak your good news of comfort, of peace, of joy, and of mission. Guide us in our celebrations today and in the days to come. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more about Faith United Methodist Church in Issaquah, Washington, visit our website at www.faithunited.org or call the church office at 425-392-0123. Have a great week.